Hello and welcome to Declaration, where we exist to help people encounter and follow Jesus. Pastor John Sherrill is taking us through Ezekiel 37, the vision of the Valley of the Dry Bones. At Declaration, we believe that God has a word for you and your family to live a life of fullness and to be devoted to Christ and His church. If you want to find out more about the ministries of Declaration Church, I would highly encourage you to visit declaration.org. Let's listen in this week with Pastor John Sherrill. I heard of somebody in can't remember where some up north northeastern state that that um it just so happened they were telling one of our people that they watched this church out of texas called declaration out of houston and and they were like that's my church <laughs> small world man so um really cool that we have an online family who are active with us and going along through the series well last week we began this series um we began this series from the book of ezekiel called breath and um, it, to me, it, it's a powerful thing. The Lord, I, I know we had a lot of, all of our ladies are back, which means a lot of our men are too. Amen. Praise the Lord. Man, you look good today. But um, last week we started this series and I just kind of gave a little backstory, if you will. And, and part of that was in a, one of our first Tuesday prayer services, um, we were praying one night and I felt like the Lord said the word breath. And it was kind of I don't know, it felt a little random, and so I've learned to kind of lean into those random things that I feel like the Lord is saying, and sure enough, that kind of unfolded into a, um, a theme, if you will, for uh, our students, um, for our youth camp this summer, and so we've spent time already, uh, the students, and hopefully you're getting some, some recap, but also some fresh so, you know, some fresh bread, too, in this, because um, we've adapted some things for church, and um, added to and taken away and felt like, you know, here's what's relevant. But this series, I believe, um, is probably has been one of the more powerful series in terms of just theme and, and just biblical relevancy for the time that we find ourselves in right now. So my prayer is that God would would um, do exactly what we just pray that he would do and he would pour his spirit out. And, and honestly, I believe this morning, we just kind of were able to be a part of some of the fruit of some of the prayer that's been happening for a long, long, long time. Listen, if you're not a part of the prayer life of Declaration, I want to invite you to. We meet every first Tuesday at the warehouse at seven. And um, I believe that God is inviting us even, even to deeper, um, deeper prayer uh, life, if that if if that makes sense with language there. I believe he's inviting us to go deeper with him. In fact, just as I read in Acts 2, you know, there were four things that kind of they built the New Testament church on. One of them was prayer. They were devoted to it. So, you know, we can't really go do anything and talk to anybody until we hear from the Lord. And so um, I want to invite you there. So breath. Uh, last week, our message had one point to consider, and that point was this. Everything is contingent upon God's breath. Everything, all of life is contingent, it necessitates um, upon the breath of God. We saw in Genesis chapter two, verse seven, I'll show you from the very beginning, the Lord formed man um, from the dirt. Some of you ladies are like, yep. Um, but he formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living being. Last week I alluded to there's two parts to this verse that we, we need to look at. God created man, step one, step two. We're gonna see this come together in a different way in a little bit. And then he breathed into him the breath of life, which told me some things to consider. There's a lot of people walking around 
with the illusion of life, but God, they, 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 they haven't surrendered and submitted themselves under the hand, under the authority of God. They may have the breath of physical life in their lungs, but the question remains, do they have the breath of God, the, the anointing of God, the, the life of God living in and flowing through them? Now, I could make a case to say yes, and I could make a case to say no. That's not what we're here to debate today. Just I want you to see the two different parts of the passage because it's going to come back up in Ezekiel. We got to realize the fragility of life. And I think some of us do, especially when we ride roller coasters. Anybody? I, I mean, I have personal revival on some of those things. Straight. I was in Dallas once and we rode that one roller coaster. I blacked out for like half a second. And I was like, Lord, is that what it's like? Like, take me home. Um, We've got to realize the fragility of life. I also have learned the fragility of life in high spaces. I don't like, daddy don't do heights, okay? Like even climbing a little three-step ladder over here to work on a projector sometime, I'm like, mm -mm, too high. I will not dare you God on gravity, I believe you. We got to realize the fragility of life. We also got to recognize the necessity for the breath of God for life. The necessity, and not just the abundant life that we see in John 10, where we see that the enemy, we have this enemy, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus came to give a life, and life more abundant. Not just um, even Romans 8, where we see, and you've heard me say it over and over, and I'll keep saying it until one day there's this aha moment for somebody, because it was for me when the very same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives within us. So not just that, not just eternal life, John three sixteen, but really that everyday, ordinary, breath by breath, moment by moment, every single second of life is dictated, controlled, and given because of the breath of God. Now, maybe we're starting to kind of hyper-focus a little bit on that, especially if we're people of the spirit where we're seeing COVID and we're hearing stories. I mean, even right now, um, you know, some of the residual I think of COVID for me is I'm an asthmatic. And so like this morning, I'm having a little tough, a tougher time catching my breath, if being honest. So if you hear me wheezing, um, I'll hit my inhaler in a minute, all right? I don't have it in here, so somebody may have to run to the car for me, but... But I think that we're starting to kind of, maybe all of us have a little different awareness of the necessity of breath right now. So in the book of Job, chapter 12, verse 10, um, I've spent some time in the book of Job this past few weeks. This is what it says. Look, it says, in his hand is the life of every living being and the breath of all mankind. In his hand... Is the, this is a great, in fact, I'll talk about it in a minute, but this is, this is a great like um, cross-reference to Colossians 1. In his hand is the life of every living thing and the breath of all mankind. So when we sing songs like we need a fresh wind, we're saying, God, we need that, that, that fresh movement of pneuma, the Greek, Holy Spirit, that fresh movement of ruach, that Hebrew, that, that wind of God. You know, that's what we're singing. Or maybe this morning, I know uh, the team and Jess led uh, Breathe Miracles. See, we're asking God right there to move upon our situation where it might seem impossible to do what only God can do by breathing over and breathing into that situation, causing what looks impossible to become possible. God, breathe miracles. See, 
Um, I want us to think theologically about the lyrics that we sing sometimes. Just, just pause and say, why are we singing that, right? Or, um, it's your breath in my lungs. Great are you, Lord. Everybody know that one, right? Like if I started singing, it's your breath, we could all do it, right? In my lungs, go ahead. So we, man, y'all sound good. Choir is next week, everybody. It's gonna be great. I got a vision for Christmas, so you just signed up. But when we sing that, we are declaring our recognition and our need for God. Breathing that ruach, that, that pneuma, that, that whole, breathing in the Holy Spirit, the wind of God, causing praise to erupt, to come forth from our lives because of the recognition of who God is and really what only he can do. Only he can give hope. Only he can give life. Only he can restore. See, Job had this depth of understanding of these things in his life. We can receive a theology of suffering, so to say, by seeing a man who has seemingly lost it all. I mean, he literally. Um, but still, though he may literally, he says, he may despise the day he was born. He always remains faithful to God. He always understands the holiness and rightness of God. I mean, Scripture tells us in chapter 1, verse 1, and chapter 2, verse 3, that he was, uh, he, yeah, he was from this place called Ooze. They, they were very creative on their city naming at that time. Um, whose name was Job, and that man was blameless, upright, fearing God, and turning away from evil. And so this was kind of who he was, the character of who he was. He had a depth of understanding of the fragility of life, bringing the necessity of the breath of God. Not only did he say um, about all of life being in his hand and the breath, but in chapter 12, verse 10, he said, in his hand, um, that's what he said, yeah. Um, not only did he say that, but he also said in Job chapter 1, verse 21, he said, naked I came, which I'm from Texas, so I say naked, so sorry, I'm having to like, my wife will make fun of me if I don't do that right. But naked I came from my mother's womb, and that way I shall I return. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Look at this perspective. And then he says, blessed be the name of the Lord. Man, that's powerful. He had such faith, such concrete foundational understanding that all of life was contingent upon God and God's sovereign plan and his rule and his reign. He knew that it was only at the pleasure of God and for the glory of God that he even existed. It didn't change that he might have been emotional about his situation. It didn't change that he could hurt, that he could grieve. It didn't change the pain of his suffering, but also it didn't change his faith and his resolve in not cursing God in that situation, in that suffering. He wasn't going to do that. His posture remained. He even said in chapter 7, verse 7, remember that my life is a breath. He had a deep awareness, recognizing, acknowledging, as if to echo, here it is, that cross-reference, the glorious words from the book of Colossians, chapter 1, verse 16, where Paul says, for by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones, dominions, rulers, authorities, all things have created, been created by him, through him, and for him. See, Job understood. Remember, my life is a breath. Our life, all of life, is contingent upon the breath of God. So that was kind of last week with a little bit more. I'd um, love for you to go back and listen or watch. Now, while Job is fascinating and completely highly necessary <laughs> and worthy of examination, by the way, that's not the point of the message today. So that's another series to come, all right? Um, I want to go back to the book of Ezekiel, chapter 37. And as you go there, we're going to have it on the screen for you as well. But I just want to kind of refresh your memory by reading that block of Scripture for us. So, so kind of listen in, not just with your ears, but with your heart. 
verse 30, or chapter 37, starting in one, it says, the hand of the Lord was upon me and he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley and it was full of bones. He had me pass among them all around and behold, there were a very many on the surface of the valley and behold, they were very dry. So it's like he's saying, you know, take note. I mean, look at these things. Look at this, survey this, don't miss this. All these bones all around, very dry. Then he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? And Ezekiel says, I answered, Lord God, you yourself know. Again, he said, prophesy over these bones and say to them, you dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord God says to these bones. Behold, I am going to make breath into you so that you may come to life. And I will attach tendons to you, make flesh grow back upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you so that you may come to life and you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a loud noise and behold, a rattling and the bones began to come together, bone to its bone. And I looked and behold, tendons were on them and flesh grew and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, the Lord God says this. Come from the four winds, breathe. Um, come from the four winds breath and breathe on these slain so that they may come to life. So I prophesied as he commanded me and the breath entered them and they came to life and they stood on their feet an exceedingly great army. And then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the entire house of Israel. Behold, they say our bones are dried up and our hope has perished. We are completely cut off. Therefore, prophesy and say to them, this is what the Lord God says. Behold, I am going to open your graves and cause you to come out of your graves, my people, and I will bring you into the land of Israel. Then you will know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves and caused you to come up out of your graves, my people, and I will put my spirit within you and you will come to life and I will place you on your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and done it, declares the Lord. Let's pray. Jesus, once again, we just ask you to speak deep, profound truth to every heart and every life this morning. And breathe, we pray in your name. Amen. So just a little backstory. Remember, as a country, now Israel had been divided and dispersed. Unification and restoration seems absolutely impossible. So as we open this passage, we are seeing God giving this vision to this prophet Ezekiel so to illustrate God's ability of resurrection and the promise of restoration. Five verses that we kind of honed in on last week, those first five began with, with, with Ezekiel saying, the hand of God was upon me. He's recognizing the power and the authority and the anointing of God being upon him, leading him, communicating with him, even through this vision. And in that vision, the spirit of God leads him out and he says, it set me down in the middle of the valley that was full of bones. This valley and these bones representing the people, the nation of Israel, which at this time was divided and discouraged and just really a depressed nation. It was a, it was a, it, you know, this was a people that had grown incredibly, they had grown dormant and dry and even seemingly dead. And obviously this is a picture of death. In fact, for years, these bones have been laid out. Culturally speaking, this was an absolute no-no. Obviously, they were just laid out where they died at, you know, during some war, left for animals and insects and birds to just scavenge. And now years and years of this unrelenting Babylonian sun has just bleached these things to a brittle dry 
just memorial, if you will, of death. And that's what Ezekiel's looking at. This was the valley full of bones. It was some imagery um, that was not just for the imagination, but an illustration from God, illuminating the devastation of a people and a nation. Uh, This put on full display a depth of anguish and hopelessness, as well as the question of, could this nation ever be restored to its formal glory? And and so last week we spent some time just saying, do do you see some parallels here? Do you feel what I'm feeling here as I survey the bones around us right now in 2021? A lot of the same feelings, a lot of the same maybe questions. See, God wanted Ezekiel to understand the angst of the people and the dire nature of the destruction and the desolation, which was, listen to me, it was a result of a people who continually chose to go their own way and do what was right in their own eyes. That was the result. This is where we were. And so we saw verse 2. He had, you know, um, Ezekiel says, he had me pass along these bones everywhere all around. And behold, there were so many on the surface of this, this valley. And, and they were so dry. And then he says, son of man, can these bones live? And I answer, Lord God, you yourself know. Again, he says, prophesy over these bones. And it says again, because if we see what, chapters 1 through 36, he's already used Ezekiel the prophet in this way to prophesy into this, prophesy into that. So again, here we are, and he's saying, prophesy into these bones. Prophesy over them and say, you dry bones, you hear the word of God. And this is what the Lord God says. Behold, I'm going to make breath into you so that you may come to life. So five verses right there, full of darkness and hopelessness. Five verses that illustrate brokenness and desolation and death. Um, Five verses that communicate to us a greater truth and even a warning of what could become when a people chooses to go their own way, doing what's right in their own eyes, as Judges consistently and sadly repeats over and over. Or even tragically, what has become of us as a nation right now as we survey our own surroundings and begin to see things for what they really are here. Discouragement now. Dryness is set in. Dormancy. Death. But in those five verses, starting in verse four, we begin to see the potential of hope. We, we begin to see the potential of a but God moment at bay here. We, we see God reminding us of his authority, reminding of us of his ability to make, pos- to make possible that which might seem or feel impossible. We see God asking us if we believe he can resurrect that which may, we may think is dead and really asking us if we believe that nothing is beyond him. Verse three, he said, son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, Lord God, you yourself know. Again, he's saying, do you believe me, Ezekiel? Do you believe there is hope that all is not lost? Do you believe that this is not over? That death doesn't have the final say? Do you believe um, when it comes to me, can these bones live, Ezekiel? And maybe today God is asking us the very same question. Maybe he's asking us if we believe the bones can live. Because here's just a little bit of truth today. You may, we may find ourselves in a valley of sorts right now. And in that valley, we are also surrounded by bones. And if we're honest, we all have some personal bones to survey. We have some bones to deal with. We, we got some bones of our past haunting our present, bones of failure, bones of fear, bones of comparison and compromise, bones of disappointment, bones of feelings of betrayal. Some of us even feel betrayed by God. 
And again, if we're willing to be honest, for much of life, we have lived with these bones always in view. We, we may even hold on to them and hide them, just like I was showing you last week from our buddy. I don't know, is he back here? The kids were playing with him earlier. He gone. Resurrection, y'all. Amen. <laughs> but we all have these bones to deal with. And a lot of us, man, we live, some of us, we live so much of life with these bones always in view. We may even hold on to them and carry them and hide them. And, and we may tend to go back to, to people, places, and things that continually hurt us, choosing that vicious valley cycle for ourselves. As it says in Proverbs 26, a dog returns to its vomit, so a fool repeats his foolishness. We may live on that merry-go-round of continuum, you know, to do the same things, living the same ways while still hoping for a different result, even asking for prayer for it. So let me give you a little public service announcement if I can today. The enemy wants you to lay down in the valley as a victim. In fact, he'd rather you just die already. That's why the statistics of suicide in the younger kids are skyrocketed through the roof right now. He would rather you just lay down and die as a victim in the valley and finish living out your days that you might have left. Just watch this, content. What do they say at end of life? Well, let's just make him what? Comfortable. He'd rather just, just do that. Just, just go ahead and hang out with the dead things. But be aware, church especially, man, God is calling you to a victorious life. But sometimes it's easy, even comfortable, to continue to hold on to the bones of our past, our hurt, our failure, our rejection, our disappointment, our unforgiveness, our betrayal. And, and here's, I think someone might need to be encouraged a little bit today. Please, when it comes to God, don't miss it. What might seem desolate, what might seem dry, and what might seem dead with God, even those things are not done. They're not done. Our present reality is in his hands and not beyond his help. The valley might look discouraging. Things might seem to be destroyed to us. They might look destroyed. Everything may feel if it's completely derailed right now. It might be dry. It might seem dead. But none of it is done. Please hear me. Maybe today God is saying, just as he asked Ezekiel, maybe he's asking us, can these bones live? Can these bones live. And we see Ezekiel half-heartedly responds with his answer, Lord God, you yourself know, as if to say, I know you have the ability to do it, God. I just don't know if I have the faith to believe it. So maybe we're thinking the same way today as we consider our own lives and the bones of our own brokenness. You know, can life ever be good again? Will it ever make sense again? Will we ever reclaim a feeling of normal again? Can my situation be redeemed? Could I even be restored? Can I be reconciled? Can these dormant, dry, or dead things of my life be resurrected? And watch what God says to Ezekiel, because I believe this is, this is his word for us today. As we survey the valley and find ourselves that we find ourselves in right now. Verse four, God said, prophesy over these bones and say, you dry bones, you hear the word of God. You do it, Ezekiel. God told Ezekiel to do something. He said, prophesy, Ezekiel. Prophet. He's saying, join me in my redemptive purposes, Ezekiel. Join me in my restorative plans. You prophesy, you speak life over these bones. Tell these bones to take notice, to hear what God says. Tell these bones to do what God says. This is the point 
that I really want you to take home with you today. Last week had one point. This week has one point. Last week's summary, everything is contingent upon the breath of God. This week's summary, this week's point, your restoration may require your participation. See, your restoration very well may require your participation. Some of you are like, well, no, God, yes, he can. But I can give you biblical example after biblical example, starting with Abram. Abram, take a step and go to the place I will show you. Hey, you guy hanging out by the pool, do you want to be well? You could say, but pastor, he was just sitting there. Yeah, but he had to get there every day and stare at the water. Hey, bleeding woman for 18 years, crawling through a crowd, doing something unceremonially unclean to the culture just to reach out and touch the robe of Jesus. Your restoration very well may require your participation. Doesn't take away from the power of God. It's just another way of God asking you, do you want to be well? So maybe God's word today for us is exactly what God spoke to Ezekiel. You better look around, take note, survey the bones. Get get your head out of the sand and get your heart fixed on where your real salvation comes from and prophesy over these bones. Die to religion, die to tradition, die to what Pastor Jojo said with his slick hair in 1973 and begin to do what the Bible says and prophesy to these bones. Call it out, you bones of bitterness, You bones of unforgiveness, you bones of self-righteousness, you bones of the need to be right, you bones of the need to be heard, you bones of sickness, you bones of cancer, you bones of COVID, you bones of isolation, you bones of lies and manipulation, you bones of political corruption, you bones of self-absorption, you bones of idolatry and idol worship, you bones of selfishness, you bones of entitlement, you bones of comfort, your bones of convenience, call them out. And can I tell you something that, that I've been learning the hard way over the course of my days our God will not compete with our comfort and our convenience he's not going to do it so God might be telling you say to these bones you better listen to what God says you dry bones of slander you dry bones of loss you dry bones of loneliness you dry bones of abuse you dry bones of apathy you dry bones of anger you dry bones of fear whatever dry bones that you see around you in your house in the valley you're walking in Whatever dry bones that haunt you in your vision and in your sleep, whatever dry bones that you've been carrying, some of you even hiding, say to those bones, you better listen to God. See, when God speaks a word, he literally creates worlds, literally. So hear the powerful, commanding word coming from the creator God and be obedient, us, to speak it out loud when he speaks it to us first. Prophesy to the bones of Ezekiel. Let me just, what does prophesy mean? That's scary. That's a scary religious word. Here's what it means. Speak the word that God tells you to speak. Speak the word that God, speak the words that are spoken on behalf of God. See, a prophet is is one who is a spokesman for God. Ezekiel um, was that guy. He was a spokesman for God. And he is to speak the words that God tells him to speak. Now, while, while let me say prof, prophecy, prophecy is divine utterance that comes from the Holy Spirit. So when God speaks to you through the Holy Spirit empowering his word, or when God gives you a word, P.S., that only lines up with what we have in the canon, then you speak the word. You can call it a word of knowledge if you want. That's famous for some people. That's good. 
Be careful when you say God said, make sure God said it. The church has gotten such a bad rap because of how many people said God said when really it was what they said. So that's the prophet and the prophecy, right? Often we see the biblical prophets, God's using them for course correction or for exhortation, some encouragement. Today, it works the exact same way. But both um, prophecy, it's course correction and exhortation or encouragement. But prophecy, uh, remember this, when, when there's a prophetic word, it should always be for the building up of the church or the believer or the disciple of Jesus, Always for the building up, not for the tearing down. God's word is not a weapon. Now you might say, well, it's a sword. Yes, but it's not a weapon that you wield just to hurt people. The weapon that is spoken of is for a healing. It's for a healing. And notice I didn't say Christian. We got a lot of Christians today in America. We just don't have a lot of disciples. So I say prophecy should always be for building up of the church and the believer and the disciple. It, it doesn't have to be spooky or weird, just like the Holy Spirit doesn't have to be spooky or weird, right? It, it should come as a, a, really a normal thing to the life of the spirit-led believer. Either, it, you know, maybe, maybe this should be a lesson in, of course this is true, or it should be an aha moment of truth for some of us, right? But this is just, it's the biblical way that God is saying, Join me in my redemptive, restorative purposes. So let me just say this. If you are seeing the vision in the valley and you are surveying the bones right now, it might be time for you to speak up and prophesy because your restoration may very well require your participation. Now let me keep going and be encouraged. Look at verse five. It says, this is what the Lord God says to these bones. Behold, I'm going to make breath enter you so that you may come to life. See, our God is a God of life and he tells us that he will make breath enter us. He will breathe the spirit into and over us. But also, he chooses to invite us to participate in these redemptive purposes. It's not about us. It's not dependent upon us. It's really God alone who can and will breathe life. But he invites us to participate with him in this, in his redemptive plans. God goes on to Ezekiel and us, and he says this, and I will attach tendons to you, make flesh grow back on you, cover you with skin, and put breath in you so that you may come to life. And then look what he says next. And you will know that I'm the Lord. You will know. So Ezekiel prophesied as he was commanded, and it says that as I was commanded, there was this loud noise, and behold, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. And I looked, and behold, tendons began to grow on them, and flesh began to grow, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. I said, step one, bones come together, but no breath. And again, this has been years, so it's not like these are complete skeletons. Bones have been scattered by now, ravaged. And all of a sudden, they begin to come back together. See, can I just say this? Sometimes you and I, we can put stuff back together. But in order for it to be life-giving, it's going to require the breath of God. Well, we love, we love to try to mitigate it or control it, don't we? We can put things back together. Hey, as a guy, all men, you can re- relate. We want to fix it. We can do as much as we can to fix it. But unless God breathes on it, are you hearing me? 
Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man. Speak to the breath, Ezekiel. Invite the spirit of God, Ezekiel. And say to the breath, the Lord God says this. God, creator, keeper, sustainer God, the giver of all life says, come from the four winds, breath, and breathe over these slain so that they may come to life. Breathe on what's dead. Breathe life. Breathe on what's dead. Bring restoration. Bring resurrection. Come on, everybody. Look what Ezekiel does in verse 10. He says, so I prophesy prophesied as God commanded. Don't miss this. So I prophesied as he commanded me. As he, I prophesied as he commanded me. And the breath entered them and they came to life and stood on their feet. See, can I just say this? We can only really prophesy from God's directive, not from our desire. This is what's tough. Because we're only really promised God's plans, not ours. And we can, listen, we can find ourselves in a really hurting situation right now where we have begged God, please heal him or her. And God chose to. We may even, we may even prophesy over that. Breath. Enter into those COVID-stricken lungs. And God did heal them, but not the way we were prophesying. And God has his plan and God is right. Just like Job knew, God is holy and God is good. But God's directive may not have been in that moment for a physical healing more than it was for a spiritual awakening on the other side. See, we're only promised God's plans, not our, not our hopes. So before we get angry that the bones don't rattle, listen to me, before we get angry that the bones aren't rattling the way that we want, we first have to discern if it's God's desire and directive before we prophesy a promise. We gotta ask ourselves and be very aware, is this our promise or God's? Because all of life is really God's prerogative, not ours. Let me keep going and we'll try to wrap up pretty quick here. Then he said, son of man, these bones are the entire house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up and our hope has perished. We're completely cut off. And can I tell you something? I've heard so many times, so many different ways. We are saying the same thing right now in our day and age. A lot of it sounds like this. I'm politically homeless. And not all the time. Not all the time. But a lot of times that's because, sadly, there's so much hope put into the government and the politics. And we're looking around and things, we don't recognize them anymore. They're not, this is not the way it's supposed to be. This is not the way it was. And maybe we feel the same way that the entire house of Israel felt. It's hopeless. Hope has perished. We feel cut off. And then God says to Ezekiel, therefore prophesy and say to them, you better listen to what God says. I'm going to open your graves and cause you to come up out of those graves, my people. And I'm going to bring you into the land of Israel. I'm going to bring you into my promise. I have the ability to open up the grave and call forth Lazarus. Then you're going to know that I am Lord. Though, though you continue to turn to the right and to the left, though you continue to do what's right in your own eyes over and over and over, you're going to know who's God here. It's not you, but I want to use you. And I'm going to put my spirit within you and you will come to life and I will place you on your own land. 
then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and done it, declares the Lord. See, there's so much right there to say in those last four verses. That's going to be next week. So let, let me end as we began. All of life is contingent and dependent upon God, but God may require our participation in our restoration. So do you believe these bones can live? Do you believe, do you believe that God can heal your marriage? P.S. It's not hopeless. Do you believe that God can provide for your household? P.S. It's not hopeless. God's bank is not empty. Do you believe that God has your future in his hands? Watch. Do you believe that God can help your children and help you with them? Everything your heart wants to raise them the best way you can. And you may be looking at bones in a very dry valley with your kids right now, completely depressed, feeling cut off. God, can you see this? God, where is the justice? Do you believe that the bones can live? Do you need renewal? Do you need revival? Do you need reconciliation? Do you need restoration? Do you need resurrection? Do you believe that these bones can live? See, I believe with everything I am, contextually based on this word that God's will for your life and for your family is freedom. If not, why did Jesus have to die? So I believe that wholeheartedly. That's why we talk about it. That's why we have small groups about it. Your freedom. So many different ways, whether that's financial, whether that's spiritual, whether that's emotional, mental, whether that's freedom from addictions, sexual addictions, whether that's freedom from grief. Do you believe these bones can live? Because it might just be time for the believer of Jesus to rise up with faith in Jesus and begin to prophesy the word of the Lord over the bones in the valley. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you, God, that you are a powerful, loving, renewing, reviving, reconciling, redeeming, restoring, resurrecting God. God, you are able and God, you are willing. And God, would you speak to your servants? God, give us ears to hear. Give us eyes to see as we survey the bones. May we stop throwing blame. May we stop throwing shade. And may we surrender and ask you, what is our assignment in this moment? And God, give us the faith and the, the, just the, the urgency to begin to prophesy to the bones. And ask you to breathe again ask you to breathe afresh ask you to breathe anew some of your passions have been so almost nearly put out by the drowning waters of this world but I'm telling you you serve a God who is a wellspring and he is igniting a spark right now in your heart reminding you to rise up in faith and believe 
that the bones can live again and breathe new passion and new encouragement and new strength and new life and new joy over you, over your home, over your family, over the work of your hands, over the dream that he put in your heart long ago, over the vision that he planted within your heart and in your head. It is time to stand up, oh believer of Jesus, oh disciple, and prophesy to the bones and tell them that the breath of God will not be stopped. It will not be thwarted. And God is breathing right now. Stand to your church. Come on, stand to your feet, church. Come on, let's sing to him. Sing it out. Thank you so much for joining us today. Maybe today you need to take the next step in your faith, whether that be in giving your life to Christ, or maybe you need prayer and to be contacted by one of our pastors. In the podcast description, you will find a link to our website and a link to an online connection card. And if you feel led, there's a link that you can give directly to the Ministries of Declaration online. We would love to hear from you. God bless you and have a wonderful week.